So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all, depending on where you are and when you're tuning in. Welcome to another episode of the Black Thread podcast. My name is Miss Donna, coming to you from the UK, and today I'm going to be leading our discussion about self-image. Before we get into it, I'd like to welcome my co-hosts. Firstly, Sabrina from Argentina, who I believe is not in Argentina at the moment. Hi, Sabrina. How are you today? Hi there. I'm great. Thank you. Excellent. Nice to hear from you. Next, we have um, Chris, who's with us from South Africa. How have you been, Chris? I've heard you've done a day's work already, I believe. Yes, I did. I'm all good, but but I'm here. Excellent. Nice to have you with us. And Toko from South Africa, how are you? Hi, I'm good in yourself, Donna. Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. Glad to be here. Um, we will have Jonathan joining us just in a few minutes, I think, who will be joining us from US. So we look forward to having him joining us today. But I just want to mention our other two co-hosts who can't be with us today. That's Gabby and Brian, but I'm sure we'll hear from them next week. Excellent. So I'm glad to be hosting alongside you guys today. And um, as I said, today's discussion is about self-image. And this is something that affects everyone in every walk of life. But the Mm. issue for me is where um, our self-perception, that is the way we see ourselves in relation to others and the world, is less than a positive perception. Now, as a teacher, I've heard it said over and over again um, that black children... Um, and young black young people are seen to have low self-esteem. And I wanted to ask you all today what you think about the idea of attributing low self-esteem to a whole set of people. I mean, I don't know what you think. Um, it'll be interesting to hear. Um, Sabrina, what do you think? Um, I think that it, it is, I mean, as you said, it affects us all and every single one of us. It doesn't matter where you are in life. I think it's just, it in some kind, it, it, is, it just affects us in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly on kids and teenagers because they have these images that they, you know, the media portrays these images to them and mm-hmm. they think they have to be that. And if they're not, they're like from the outside, you know? And so that's what, what I think it creates low self-esteem or low self-image right. on them. But you think it's a teenage thing as opposed to um, uh, a kind of cultural thing or a, a racial thing? I, uh, I was thinking that it's more a juxtaposition type of thing and not necessarily an age thing because okay. you still struggle with self-image in your 20s and I sure. imagine in your 30s. But I think that, (laughs) yeah, I imagine that as a black person around other black people, you're a lot more confident in your blackness, right? That's one part of self-image. It's when you move out of the black community as a black person and interact with others that because of the history of of being thought of as layers, you start questioning your self-image, right? And your self-esteem is a bit blocked. Coming from a poor background also will um, determine, you know, your, your self-image if you're moving in circles with the middle class or the upper class. That will take a hit for your self-image. So different spheres cause you to have, um, you know, 
problems with self-image. So in different places, you might have a very strong self-image. And in mm-hmm. different other places, you might have a very low self-image. So I think it's always constantly changing depending on where you are and who you're with and also your age. And because something settle, like the self-image that you have as a, as a teenager, it's generally low because of of the pressures of, of puberty and, and trying to fit in and trying to find your identity. But yeah. as you grow older, that settles. Then you have to deal with a different type of, uh, of self-image issue. Thanks. Chris? Yeah. I, I want to hear from your perspective because as a man, I, I sometimes wonder um, what that's like coming from, from that perspective because um, I think it, it, it's, it, it's more obvious that women tend to be um, more critical of the way that they look and um, women are, oft- are often portrayed as needing to be looking in a, in a particular way on the media. I mean, what, what do you think about um, self-esteem and the way that we see ourselves? And do you believe that women are affected more by low self-esteem than men? Yes, I do think that women are um, affected more because, I mean, if you look at it, if you're switching on the TV, if you're going on YouTube, What's the first thing that pops up in the ads? Um, either something about makeup, beauty, weight, um, and in all yeah. of these diet advertisements, it's always a woman. So I do think that women uh, are more affected by it. Mm. Um, when it comes to self-esteem, um, from a guy's point of view, I don't... Well, at age where I'm at right now, I don't think that a guy is, or well, at least most guys that I know, um, you know, we we're not really trying to be dressing up or looking a certain way for anyone, really. Um, but as a teenager, um, I do think you're always trying to fit in, especially like when Topher said, um, coming from different spheres, um, coming from a a a non-wealthy background and you're starting to meet people from uh, wealthy areas and wealthy backgrounds and they're looking a certain way, um, you always try to, you know, fit in somehow, um, mm. whether it be by uh, the clothes you wear, um, your weight, uh, hair, for somehow hair just kind of sticked out for me because woman and hair, I don't know. Um, yeah. It's funny because I, 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 I'm the only woman in my house. Um, I live with all boys or men and I know that if I called one of them if I said to one of them oh you're looking slim today um, they'd be hugely <laughs> offended or oh, you're looking oh you're small you're cute they'd be hugely offended so um, that's interesting that you said that it's women more than men and I actually agree with that I do think outwardly it, it's women are more affected by um, body image than men but I'm, I, you know, I'm, I think it's definitely not exclusive. And Tucker, you were talking about um, being black amongst a group of other black people and being more comfortable in that space. And um, like, I, like I said at the beginning, in schools, in England for sure anyway, like I said, they, quite a lot of teachers, they talk about the low self-esteem of black students. Mm-hmm. And as a black teacher myself, I do not see that. I don't see it at all. And... Um, I was I was I was listening to a podcast actually a few months ago 
and it was um i can't remember who the podcast was but they talked about um someone uh, charles charles cooley they said they talked about a quote from him and he says i'm not what i think i am i'm not what you think i am i'm what you think i sorry i'm what i think you think i am i'm going to say that again because i messed it up a bit there so what he said was i'm not what i think i am i'm not what you think i am i am what i think you think i am and i think that hit quite strongly with me because um I think, I think in ourselves, certainly from my own perspective and the people that I know and the, and the students that I meet with at school, I think that they're very confident in themselves. I don't, think, I, don't think, I don't think black students or black young people have any lower self-esteem than anybody else of that particular age. But I do think that, um, I, think, I think it's difficult. I think we're always second-guessing what particularly in school, I'm going to talk about the students, I think the students are always second-guessing what the teachers think of them. And, yeah. I, and I guess their behaviours um, might match what they think the teacher is thinking of them. Um, I, I don't know what that experience is like um, elsewhere in the world, if anybody else wants to say anything about that, because I, in England, I've spoken about the exclusions of young people in school, black young people, quite often. Um, and I don't know if that, I mean, that might be quite different. If you're in a country where there's mostly black people, then you wouldn't have that problem. Is that right, Taka? You wouldn't? I mean, perception, you know, is always such a big um, factor in determining self-esteem and mm. self-image. We either want to fit in Mm-hmm. Or we want to stand out, right? And yeah. one thing that I've recognized is myself, the only thing that I remember, the only uh, what experience that I can take back from is my experience at school. Yeah. Um, I was perceived as a very quiet person, very intelligent, well-read, you know. That yeah. was the perception from my classmates and my teachers. Mm-hmm. I didn't that perception also made, was enforced by me and them equally, you understand? Yeah. Because it fit in with what I thought of myself, it fit in with what they thought of me as well. So perception always works as a feedback loop, uh, as a feedback loop, right? What people feed you is what you also feed back to them. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if a person perceives you as, um, as insecure or mm-hmm. having a low self-image, or having a, you know, uh, or having a low self-esteem. That's why you also feed back to them. But people who perceive you in a different way, you'll also feed back a, a different perspective. So and someone who sees you as so confident, and I wanted to, yeah. yeah. Sorry. A person that perceives you as confident, definitely you'll. You, you also bring up um, rise to a, a confident demeanor. You rise right. to the occasion, yeah. right? And also sometimes, if, it's, if someone has a perception of you that you don't agree with, it also plays a factor, that agreement, that, that I'm agreeing that mm-hmm. your perception of me is what it is. If you don't agree with it, you rebel against it. And therefore, you show them a different perspective of yourself and they have to accept that one and yeah. give back to you in that way. Do you understand? Yes. 
I was going to say, do you know what I find really difficult in in a in an area where, you know, I don't I don't really like to refer to myself or to my people as um, the minority because I know that we're major mm. and we're the majority, but um, in a in a particular area where where there are more um, there are more white people than black people. Um, particularly in schools, what I've noticed, what I've observed and what breaks my heart is where, um, black's cool, right? In England, I don't know what it's like all around the world, but black's cooled. Everybody loves black culture. They may not love the people, but they love the culture. And so you have, for example, in England, um, you'll have places outside of London, which are really not very well populated with black people at all. But you'll have, you'll have, the majority of the people who are who are in, in that space were white people and they'll know all the black music, they'll know sort of the Jamaican slang words. Um, and it's just amazing how, how much they know. I mean, I was surprised when I went to work outside of London and there were all these little white students and they were sort of, they came up with Jamaican phrases and things like that. I was really surprised. But what I observed was that the few black students that were there what they then started to do, because they were kind of automatically seen as cool because of the fact that they're black, um, they kind of fitted into, and it's, it's kind of what you were saying as well, Taco, they kind of rose to what, yeah. to what they, they so, saw yeah. as others' perception of them, but others' perception of them wasn't high enough. It, just, it, it was almost mm-hmm. like a glass ceiling where, yeah, you're cool yeah. because you're black, but you're not intelligent. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you can't you're not really up to much. You're only you're only as cool as far as rap goes and maybe as far as a Yeah, but nothing goes. else. Yeah. yeah. But then the black children in those areas, I felt that they were this is what they were rising to and that was all they were rising to and this is what they equated with being black. Yeah. And also you have to consider that in that time, especially as a teenager, um cuz you you teach high school kids, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, as a teenager things like it's such a fraught, fraught time for human beings at that point in time that they're trying to. I, they have such a huge responsibility mm-hmm. of identity yeah. creation, right? That will have to carry them throughout their life, right? And at that point in time, they're also trying to fit in. They're trying to uh, find an identity for themselves that exactly. that you know that separates them, but also includes them exactly. you never want to be so you never want to be so eccentric and so other that you're yeah. excluded you want to be other but still included you exactly. know so they want those certain things and people's perceptions are very limiting mm-hmm. to that otherness to trying to find that otherness that still includes you you know i remember, I remember so, at school i was i was i was pretty smart as well but i i made a real pointed effort concerted effort not to not to answer any questions not, in sure. class, not to show it i mean i really yeah. did what yeah. was school like for you sabrina um you know as i grew up in uruguay most of the people were white so i basically went to um i was the only black person in the classroom i grew up being the only per- black person in the classroom <laughs> so i was i i grew up feeling really insecure yeah. about it mm-hmm. because I, I was the weird, the, I was the black kid you know, mm-hmm. I was the black kid in the room and even now I'm, you know, most of my friends are white, mm-hmm. like 
my whole life is defined by white people right. because I don't I don't have too much uh, black friends outside of my family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I've I've never had that role model like I was thinking the other day like I don't know if you guys saw the the Beyonce um, video. Uh, I don't the remember the name of the song. Yeah, black, oh, I've seen it advertised. I haven't watched it. How was that? Um, I, there's a particular uh, song where she talks about the beauty of black girls, and it's dedicated to like black little kids uh-huh. and mm-hmm. how that. I wish I had that when I grew up. Yeah, you know, I, I wish I had someone to tell me like, "You're beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're okay. Yeah. You're you know," because I wasn't you know. I grew up thinking, okay, I don't like my hair. I hate my mm-hmm. hair because my hair is not, you know, straight. Yeah. I hate my skin tone. I hate, you know, I grew up with all of these images that, and these perceptions that I was uh, wrong, that I wasn't beautiful. And I wish I had, like, right now, I think there are um, a lot of role models role models for uh, little kids and teenagers to see themselves and be like, okay, black is beautiful. You are so, a beautiful person. So in Argentina, do, do, you, do you have, for example, if you had a little girl, if you had, would you be able to easily go into a shop and buy her books and toys, perhaps a dolly that looks like her? No. Right. You would have to research like a lot to mm-hmm. find like a black doll for example mm. that's like or you can purchase it like online like on amazon but yeah in argentina there are basically there are no black i don't see black dolls in the toy stores right for example. and that's what it was like for me growing up as well i had yeah. a black barbie so, yeah. you had a oh, black barbie i had yeah is that taco <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, but you know your black Barbie. Interestingly, I want to ask you: Was your black Barbie Barbie painted black, or was it actually no a black Barbie? She was black. Oh, and she had black features and black hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, not black hair. She was just she was just black. She was skinny and tall. She was the archetypical Barbie of blackness. But I mean, <laughs> <to her>. <laughs> Barbie, <laughs> like Barbie she was skinny and tall. Like <laughs> but she was black at the end of the day. Yeah, but but I find that when they when they first started to um, produce dolls that were black, they weren't really black. They just had black skin, but the hair was still white, and sort of yeah. the figure was still white, and the yeah, nose that, was still white. Yeah, you know? the figure I had was one. definitely white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had one, and she was like, she was a black, she was a black Barbie, but she was still a Barbie doll. Yeah. Very white. She had yeah. straight hair. <laughs> she had yeah. like the, yeah. this yeah. really small nose. Yeah, and yeah. It mm-hmm. was, she was she was like a white Barbie painted black, like yeah, yeah. Jonathan, yes, in I'm in back. the um. <laughs> Where you are, you're in the States, right? Yeah. I guess it, it might be, I'm guessing it might be a bit different now. I guess if you went to a shop to buy, you know, a little girl a toy, you'd probably be able to see representations of that, of that child. Oh, is that right? So, yeah. So, yeah. So growing up, actually, 
is when we first started seeing. Um, so like, um, so my mom, well, back, let's backtrack. My godmother, she used to make. Um, she used to be a, like a. Um, she was like the head of uh, the dresses for Mattel Barbie oh, okay. out here, out here. So she saw the evolution to like they you know more Barbies that look like you know us mm-hmm. or like dolls that us like um, character. Um, and then now they have um, you see you you see dolls not only dolls but commercials and everything that show a wide spectrum of people. So um, growing up, I but. I guess uh, if I ever went to a store, it was mainly in my neighborhood, and my neighborhood's predominantly black and Latino, so I would always see um, uh, su- supplies that would have, a, like, a black person's face. That's so cool. Like, my, my color, or maybe lighter, yeah. maybe darker, so. I mean, and of course, we've, we've got um, models now, which we didn't have when I was growing up, certainly. Um, I mean, we had, I think, the first black model that I knew about um my sister used to talk about iman when i was really young do you all know iman She's yeah. yeah we know yeah. and um and naomi campbell was mm-hmm. and actually the two of them are both quite dark aren't they but it was very yeah. very rare to see anybody being classed as beautiful i mean there's grace jones as well when i was young who people either she was a bit like marmite if you know what marmite is People either love it or that, hate it. Sorry. Why is it that when the when uh, they they chose models or even the high end fashion models, right? Why do they always choose the darkest of the dark women? Well, I don't think they do. Other I shades. I don't know because I, I I grew up thinking that <laughs> I grew up thinking that everybody thought dark was bad, which I, actually I, I still believe that. It's only very, very recently in the past couple of years, probably since Lupita, um, that people saw darkness as not good. Apart from, you know, I really shouldn't be able to name them because there should be very much more than me being able to name them on my left hand. So we've got Grace Jones, um, Iman, Naomi Campbell. Oh, yeah, but I should be able to. There should be so many um, models who are dark that I shouldn't be able to just name them off like that. So they're obviously very unique. Yeah. But um, the thing is, when they do choose black models, they always choose the darkest of dark, right? See, sure I feel like they fetishize them. You think I it mean, was? I mean, at the beginning, mm-hmm. I mean, at the beginning, it was fetishized, yeah. especially for the high-end models that, that uh, will model for something like um, Calvin Klein, when yeah. they do clothing models, right? They'll generally... At the beginning, they started that way. That's why Iman was as dark as she was. Mm-hmm. Naomi was as dark as she was. They they fetishized them at a, a certain point. Like in, in the modeling industry, right. a woman that was that really dark, they fetishized them. Even a man that was that really dark, they fetishized them. It wasn't just about choosing different uh, uh, tones of blackness. It was just choosing the dark. See, it's interesting that you say that because I remember thinking that um, they're unique and nobody else could ever really be like them. And we don't know, we don't understand why they like them, but they like those few. But uh, actually, when you grow up posters... in South Africa, you get really dark people as well. Right. You know, you grow up in Africa, you see really dark people. So for me, it was just like, oh, they just fetishizing those people. Dark ones. Because for yeah. me, I always well, I don't thought think... it was okay to be mixed race. You know, they thought mixed race people were pretty, but that's as dark as pretty gets. Mm-hmm. Sorry, was that Jonathan who was coming in? Uh, it was no, Chris. Me. So, yeah, oh, um, Chris. I was just no. saying, I don't think, uh, what's the face? 
Sarah Banks is that dark, and she is black. I'm sorry, I missed that. I don't think Tara that's Tara Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's quite light, isn't she? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Sabrina, I just had one question for you. I don't know. Sabrina, I just had one question for you. Yes, Sabrina, since you you were the only person, right, in your class, the only black person, when did you get your identity? Like, when did you become okay with being black? Um, just a few years ago. And what what, what yeah. happened to make you know was there, was there an event or something that happened to make you come upon that realization? I just I realized that okay this is I, I cannot be you know mad at myself or I cannot hate myself my whole life like mm-hmm. and I started seeing and and seeing all these people like. Lupita Nyong'o or um, Viola Davis or Kerry Washington, all these actresses and things mm-hmm. because I, I'm an acting student. So oh, cool. um, I started seeing all these uh, act, black actresses that uh, were beautiful and were just okay with themselves. And they were like, there's nothing wrong about being black. So I started to embrace, you know, I, started, I stopped uh, straightening my hair so I started wearing braids. I started, um, I don't know, doing all these things that I didn't do before because mm-hmm. I was afraid that people would say, like, oh, she's the black girl, which is, yeah. which it is because yeah. I am the black girl. But I started to embrace that and started to be more aware of racism. Mm-hmm. So I started to be more active about it, like talking with my friends about it. Oh, my did you start? Are, I was going to say, how did your friends take that? Um, they were, they feel like now they're okay with it. Like mm-hmm. they accept it and they understand and they respect and everything. But they, at the beginning, it was hard to have these conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, okay, because, you know, it's like I told you, it's like the pink elephant in the room. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody knows I'm black. Everybody knows racism, racism exists. So let's mm-hmm. just talk about it and let's just, you know try to find, at least in my small group of people, try to find a solution and not to be, because I don't like um, black jokes coming from white people, you know, mm-hmm. I don't like when they call us names or when mm-hmm. they use the, um, here saying someone is black, it doesn't necessarily mean their uh, skin is black. It means oh. like they are like a bad person. You know? Oh really? Yeah. So that that is what just or you're a bad person or you're poor. Or it means right. that you're poor. Oh this black people, you know, or this yeah. effing black people. But yeah. they they are not necessarily black. No, they're so they're the equated of characteristic. Yeah. So they use the term uh, um, or they use they refer to black people as in order to say, oh, these poor people or this, mm. I don't know. I don't know. But it doesn't necessarily um, speak about skin tone, you know. Yeah. So I had to have all these conversations and I have to say, look, I am black. They're not black. I am black. And I'm not a thief. I'm not, you know, a bad person. I'm not, you know. So stop 
qualifying people as yeah, exactly. black as black is wrong because it, it is not. They always put this negative uh, definitions into the black word. Mm. So, Do you know, I think I think it's really brave of you to have even. Um, I mean, I don't know how much choice you had in it, um, but to have even broached the subject with people. I grew up in a school that was, like I said, pretty much all white, and I hadn't been back to that kind of place until a couple of years ago, 2016, when I started to work in a school that was similar to similar area and a sim- similar cohort to where I grew up as well. And um, it took me back to being 12 years old. And I'm oh. very ashamed to say that I don't think I was any better than when I was 12 years old, apart from the fact that I learned to contain my feelings. But unlike you, who said you broached the subject with your white friends, I just yeah. refused to, bro- to broach it with... Um, with the people in my workplace, I could feel that it was difficult for them that their manager was a black person. It was, so the barriers went up straight away. And I used to dread if there was anything on TV the night before to do with black people, that wasn't the most positive thing. I used to dread going to the school the next day. And that was exactly yeah. the same as my 12 year old self. So, you know, I, I think you've done a great job there, Sabrina, what you said that you've done, because what I did is I, I moved from, that school back to a school where most of the population is black and you know to me that was that's that's home yeah it's home and also and also because i don't i don't need to have these people in my life if they cannot accept accept me as i am Mm -hmm. you know i am all of this you have to accept it and we have to have this conversation i did it with my friends like and i try to educate them but sometimes i'm not you know, um, yesterday, a uh, 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 girl that works with me um, was like asking me all these uh, questions about racism and, and things. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, but I have to take a minute, breathe, and try to explain to her because I'm not an encyclopedia, you know? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, go, to, go to the internet, look for information. Don't mm-hmm. come to me as your black reference. Yeah, yeah. I don't know everything um but yeah i try to to every time i have i try to some in some way educate people about it so, i educate the I'm children i refuse with, to educate the, the adults right now <laughs> yeah i'm 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 done i'm done dealing with racism i'm so tired of it the every chance i got to tell you like you're doing something racist i will tell you i will mm-hmm. let you know that's really good of you. I don't. I just, yeah. I think I'm over it. I think I'm at the age where I just think, you should know better. I don't teach adults. I teach children. Yeah. And I walk on. Guys, I'm going to have to leave now. Thank Take you, care. Donna. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. See you, guys. Cheers. Next. All right. Thank you all.